you know, this entire month. We dedicated because we wanted to make sure that at least at glory to Him, that you know what the Christmas story is all about. And I started at the beginning of this month, and I went into the Word of God, and I began to break it down for you, and I showed where the miracles, the signs, and the wonders from the conception of time were already preset so there would be a Savior in place that would come and would arrive in a manger. And you'll notice we started with a manger in the back. And then we start filling the back story, telling you about, teaching you about the story, that it was a plan that was put in for you, even though you didn't deserve it, because you were loved so much. Then I even broke the Bible down and broke it down into components, because out of 66 books, if you tried to exegete the whole thing, we would run out of time. So I tried to break it down into prophets and to poetry, you know, different, the different spokes of the Bible. And I broke it down and showed where each one of those were pointing to the birth of Christ, a coming Savior. And really, the summation was this Bible right here. This is the Christmas story. Because it is Christ. It is Jesus. Then we put it, for the kids and we broke it down for the kids Christmas and we had a time for them Hunter did a great job doing a synopsis for everybody to bring it up to you know the youth and the children's level and everyone came up and tied together as a family so we can all enjoy Christmas together and we can understand the reason for Christmas nothing wrong with the adornments around the season Nothing wrong with the gifts and the hoopla and all the things we do, but we can never forget at the core of Christmas is Christ. And unfortunately, I see it slipping away in the generations that are coming to the point where they're trying to literally abolish it, abstain from it. So we have to tell the story because no one's going to tell it for us. And we have to pass it down to our generations. And we have to know how to teach it intelligently. And we need to know how to share what Christmas is all about. And so then from then, I'm going to bring that month all the way down to the closure of right before it's time. And we're going to have a family time here today. Because tomorrow we're going to be with our family. Some of you will be with them tonight and this evening and some open presents the night before. You know, however you do it, but you'll be having dinners and spending time with loved ones. And I want us to just make sure we have our focus where we need to put the focus. And that's on Jesus. So with that said, who's ready to be taught the Word of God today? Ecclesiastes 3.1 says there's a time for everything. Say everything. And there's a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born. There's also a time to die. There's a time to plant. There's also a time to uproot. A time to kill and there's a time to heal. A time to tear down and then there's a time to build. There's a time to weep a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and then there's a time to gather them. There's a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and there's even a time to give up. 
time to keep and a time to throw away. Time to tear. Time to mend. Time to be silent, and then there's a time you got to speak. There's a time to love, and there's even a time to hate. A time to war, and there's a time for peace. But God, in all of his sovereignty, he also saw the need for salvation, a time to save. So in the course of time, he created a Savior. Let me say it again, we didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. Man, we didn't even qualify. He did it for one reason and one reason only. And if you get nothing else from this message, if you take nothing else away, it's because he loves us. And I want to hear you say it. Say, God loves me. Say, God loves me more than I love myself. God loves my children more than I do. God loves my spouse more than I do. He loves me more than I do. Now, when you look into the Bible, you'll see God referred to in three main ways, light, life, in love. Light. What is light? Anytime you see light mentioned in the Bible, it's speaking as an AKA or an also known as an expression of truth. The light is the truth. Say truth. If you see light pertaining to life, then it is portraying the truth. So your life portraying the truth. And when we see love, it's very simple. In the Bible, it's referring to the foundation of truth. The foundation at the core, at the foundation, the pillars. Anywhere you see it in the Bible, it's referring to God's love, speaking of a foundation of truth. John 14, 6 in the NIV, Jesus answered his disciples saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, say no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. I don't care how good of a person you are. I don't know how many kind acts you do. I don't know how you may be the best father in the world. You may be the best person. Everybody may talk about your name in the neighborhood. You may win every prize that there is for good merit. You may even think that you are sinless, which you're not. You may have the best name in the city, in the country, in the nation, or even in the world. But just know this, without Jesus... You cannot come to the Father. Jesus is the light of the world. The way, the truth, and the light. Why? Because he was and still is the full expression of God's love. If you ever can't understand God's love, 
you need to read the red. That's the words of Jesus. You need to read the stories of Jesus. You need to read the life of Jesus. And then you can understand God's full expression of love. If you'll remember, he climbed into, put himself into a seed. Sowed himself as that seed in a womb. Because man was put outside the garden and man could no longer come to him. So he found a way to go to man. And so he put his light, his life, and his love into a seed to be sown in a manger. And it's time that we take what's been put in the background. Listen to me. At Christmas, you'll see every other thing from Santa Claus to reindeers to ho-ho-hos to holly to mistletoe. And somewhere in the background, you'll see a manger. Go to your store, you have rows and rows of Christmas lights, tinsel, you'll see trees, you'll see everything down those rows. And then you hunt, and if you look good enough, you might find one little manger scene. Is anybody listening? Are you shopping the same places I'm shopping? You watch on TV, you'll see cartoons, you'll see animations, you'll see movies. Uh, but you, you hardly ever see anything about a manger. Yet the gift of Christmas was God sowing himself as a seed in a womb to be born in a manger. It's the whole core of Christmas. So it's time we take the manger from the back and we move it to the front. Now why am I telling you? Because you've got to start putting him out front of your life. See, it's not that we don't love Jesus, it's just sometimes we're hiding him in the closet. Oh, we don't want to be politically correct. We have to be politically correct. We don't want to offend anyone. Let me tell you something. If you put Jesus out front and people are offended, they were offended when you got there. You can't apologize for the truth. But you are obliged to tell it. We love the part about saying Jesus is the light of the world. But because he's the full expression of God's love. He is the gift of God to mankind. But we forget about Matthew 5.14. You. See that's me. See the Bible's talking about me there. You are the light of the world. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, but I'm in you, and you're in me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. So you have to reflect, if I'm an expression of God's love, you have to be an expression of God's love. If I'm the expression of the life, you have to be an expression of his life. You are the light of the world. And you got to love people enough sometimes to tell them the truth. It's easy to let your kid just keep doing the wrong thing. No hassle, just let them keep doing it. But if you love them, you will teach them right from wrong. And even though it's hard and it may not be popular, you'll still do that for your child. 
Well, if you'll do that for the child, why won't you do it for everybody else? Somebody has to tell the truth. And I've just purposed in my heart that I'm going to make sure that my manger stays out front this year. Christ needs to go before us, not just pulling behind and pull him out when it's convenient. So this Christmas, we got a lot to think about. We're gathered here together, and we're going to become one with him, and we're going to commune with him, and we're going to do all of these things to draw families together and build our oneness around God. You remember the Jewish theology, the Jewish practice, what makes them so separate is they don't have a life and put God into it. That's a Western mindset. We build our lives, and we fit God in that spoke somewhere. We build our life, we put God here. And we build a family, and we put God in the family. We build a business, and then we put God in the business. Okay, and we just kind of build God around what we're doing. Jewish theology, if you'll read all the way through, God is first. And they build their self around God. And then they build their family around God. Then they build their business around God. And God is in the front of everything that they do. So when we read these terms in the Bible, it's already assumed that you have an Eastern thought, not a Western thought, about how you conduct your life, which is light and love. Are you listening to me? So I'm going to maybe upset the apple cart a little bit here, but I'm going to challenge you because that's my job as your pastor. I'm going to challenge you to look at your life. Do you have a life with God squeezed in there? Or is your life built around God? As a hush comes on the crowd. I could come up here and make you feel good about everything you're doing. I can make you happy about being unhappy. But if I tell you the truth, then it forces you to make a decision. And until you make a decision, in your life there will be no change. If there is no change, there will be no progress. There will be no perfecting. We are not perfect, but we are being perfected. But the truth is the only thing that can renew your mind to allow you to become perfected. And so somebody has to say it. Because now, whether you want to receive it or not, you've heard it. And you have to make a decision. By choosing not to make a decision, you've made a decision. So I like to call it one of these get real moments with God. Here the morning before Christmas. Let's have a get real moment with God. And let's just say if I broke my life down right now, is God first? Because... People used to do this little saying, you know, God first, then family. You know, then, they had this little progression. Forget you ever learned that. 
It's not in the Bible. It's God's first. That's the answer. And then when it comes to your marriage, God's first in your marriage. When it comes to your children, God's first in your... In your, in your there's no pecking order. It's in every part, God's first. That's the answer. In your business, God's first. In your friendships, God's first. In your relationships, God's first. There's nowhere in your life that God can't be first. But if you start doing it down a pecking order, you, you, you serve this much time with God, then you serve this much time with your family. No, when you're with your family, God needs to be first spending time with God in your family. Spending time with your friends, with God right there, first. Am I helping anybody this morning? This is just perspective. This is what the Christmas story is all about. If it's about being a savior, it's not just a ticket to heaven. You know, three quarters of the Bible is written about what you do here. What we do right here on earth. And so if God's first, one thing we're going to be doing, we're going to be telling people about Jesus. Do you know how you grow a church? You tell people about the one that you're meeting about. You know why you come to church? Because you love Jesus. All we got to do is get some more people to love Jesus. Guess where they'll go? I use these terms, we come to church. Who's the church? You are, the Eglisia. You're the church. So you, every time you're with someone, you, you just invited them to church. If somebody invites you to dinner, they just got invited to church. Church is going to dinner with them. Do you see this? You change your thinking this much, and everything is amplified in your life. There may be some people that may never make it to the building. I want everybody to come to the building. But they may never make it. But they still had church. Because they had you. Light, life, and love. They were with Jesus. They were told who he was. They received him as Lord and Savior. Now they are the church too. Is it okay if we get this mindset this year? I, I want to just totally, totally make a shift going into the next year. I want everybody to be thinking about this foremost. What are we doing for the Lord? Is God first? I'm going to ask a question, to be honest with me. How many of you have been sitting in a restaurant, perhaps walking through an aisle shopping, and you feel that little quickening in your, in, in your heart to speak to somebody? And you know you're supposed to do it. But then the little battle starts. And that little eight-inch space starts trying to talk you out of doing the thing you need to do. You need to go up and you need to witness to that person. But you're so worried about the response you'll get or maybe offending someone that you battle it in your mind. How many people have had that war? I'm going to tell you that no matter what the response, you need to go speak to the person. Because remember, once the truth is sown, it is a seed. 
And they have to deal with it whether they want to or not. It's already sown. And you don't know that seed that you sow may also, one plants, one waters, and God brings increase. Somebody else might be watering the seed two weeks from now, two months from now. You just don't know how it works. God just wants you to plant the seed. We're always so worried about the results. Let me help you. If you pray for somebody's healing and you don't see them get well, God never made you responsible for the results. Let me take a little pressure off you. You're not the healer. He is. You are the bearer of the anointing. And you are to release the word and the anointing in you from your life into other people because you are life, light, and love. And you release that into other people. That's your responsibility. You're just a light. A light just shines. That's all it does. Nobody has to follow the light, but the light still has to turn on and do its job. You got it? So all you have to do is your job, and then you may never even see the result. You may not even see the results till you get into heaven. But you may. I cannot tell you how many times I've went over and I've witnessed, and I've seen them just break down in tears. And they say, how did you know I was going through something? So sometimes there's gratification, but many times there's nothing. It doesn't deny them the right to hear the truth. So if the Holy Spirit is quickening you, I'm going to tell you as your pastor, release the seed that God wants to plant that's coming from you. If we love him, we'll become one with him in truth. Why? Because our life becomes his life. We then become an expression of truth as he is. Therefore, we are the beacons of light that point people to God. Remember, Jesus was a gift that was given to us. Why? Why does God give us this gift? Because he loves us and he wants us to share it with others. If you love him, you will share the gift that was given to you. The Christmas gift. How many people teach their children that it's polite to share? That it is good to share? Not only does God want us to, God commands us (laughs) and prompts us to share the gift. Listen to me. I know some of this may be rhetoric. I know some of it you may be hearing. You may be thinking, yeah, I hear you, Pastor. And you may not think, you may think I'm just harping, I don't know. But you listen to me. If we ever forget this simple truth right here, we have lost the meaning of Christmas. And I'm telling you, for a large amount of the population right now, they have lost the meaning of Christmas. I told you the first Sunday that I started this series, I had three people that had no idea what the real original Christmas story was about. Talk to three people in one week. Can you believe that with the amount of internet and the amount of, of 
you know, literature that's out there, the people that are walking around talking about it, they had no idea about the Christmas story. If we lose the simple truth, maybe I'm making it too simple today. I don't know. I hope so. Because if it's simple, you'll share it. If we lose it, we've lost the meaning of Christmas. Listen, I hope everyone gets everything they want this year. Everything you ask for, I hope you get it all. I hope for those of you that want to give, I hope you're able to give your kids, your loved ones, everything you want them to give. But most of all, I pray that you remember to give the gift of light, life, and love because it was so freely given to you. Now that's all I'm going to say for instruction today because Today is a day that we remember. We remember the gift. We remember all that revolves around, all that you've been taught all month. We remember. And we receive Holy Communion. Why? Because we say we are one with you, you are one with us. We take the bread of life into our life. When we take that blood that cleansed our sins, we remember. We don't forget. Christ said, do this in remembrance of me. Why do we do it? Remembrance. We have to remember. We have to teach our kids to remember. We need to teach the next generation to remember. But you can't partake of a gift that you have not received. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask everyone in here to please bow your head. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Please, no one looking around. Let this just be a holy private moment. And if you came in here today, you'd say, Pastor, I hear about the gift you're talking about, but no, I have not ask Jesus to become Lord of my life. I haven't done it. You say, well, how do you receive it? Well, Romans 10 and 9 makes it very clear. It says, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, hung on a cross, God raised him from the dead, and he can come and live in your heart, and he can bring salvation to your life. If you'll believe that, Believe it in your heart and then say it. Confess it or pray it with your mouth. If you can just do that, that's simple. The Bible says you'll be saved. That word saved is so, so healed and restored in every area of your life. What an amazing gift. You can have that this morning freely. Freely given, freely received. I want to share the gift of Christmas with you this morning. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, if you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I want to receive the gift of light, life, and love. I want my life to be healed and restored. 
Doesn't matter what shape you're in. Doesn't matter how you came in here. Doesn't matter who you are. God's no respecter of persons. He loves us all even. So that's you today with no one looking around. I'm just going to pray for you. Nobody's going to embarrass you. I'm just going to say a prayer here in a little bit. But I do like to know who I'm praying for. So if that's you with no one looking around, just every eye closed, just lift up your hand so I'll know you're, I'm praying for you today. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Is there anyone else? Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. You're just saying, I want Jesus as Lord of my life. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Mm, those hands. Thank you. You can put those hands down. If you're here today and you'd say, well, you know, Pastor, I did receive that. And I received the gift of Jesus, but, man, life, I don't know what happened, but it just kind of took me in another direction. And, and you've kind of strayed away. We've all been there. And you say, I want to come back to the Lord. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. So you want to come back and you just want to get your life right. Today is the perfect day to do that. I want to invite you into that prayer as well. One simple prayer gets it done. Again, with no one looking around, every eye closed. If that's you, would you please raise your hand so I know who we're praying with? You just want to come with Yeah, Thank you for the hands all over the building. Okay, you can put them down. That's beautiful. Now what I'm going to ask you to do is open up your eyes, and I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet out of reverence for God. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray in our hearts, and every person here, I want you to pray this prayer. And if you believe this prayer... And you confess this prayer with your mouth. The Bible says you're saved. doesn't matter what anybody else says. God says you're saved. And at that moment, Jesus gets up, walks over to that book of life, and he writes your name in it personally. Then the Bible says you are worthy to take communion and become one with him. And so as a church, we're going to then receive Holy Communion. But first... Let's make that prayer, and let's get this done. So please close your eyes, bow your head, repeat after me. Say, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, and I ask you to come into my heart. Fill me, cleanse me, make me every whit whole. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on a cross for my sins, and I believe God raised you from the dead. Therefore... I'm a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new in my life. I am a child of God. Heaven is now my home. And you are now my Lord. I believe it. Now confess it. And that settles it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's just celebrate with heaven right now. As all the angels are rejoicing. As these souls have come into the kingdom, I want to congratulate you who have received that gift. It's the best gift you'll ever get in your life. For those of you that have come back home, welcome home. We're glad to have you back. And just know the glory to Him is here. We're here to serve you. We're here to help you. We have t-shirts we wear saying the home team. Why? Because we want to welcome you home. This is your home. If you need a church home, we'd love to have you. We have a great family here. From a pastoral standpoint, I tell you, most every week I can remember, you're the best sheep in the world. And I believe that with all my heart. And I tell everyone everywhere I go that you are. You're amazing. You are absolutely amazing. Give yourselves a hand.
So many people here that serve in love and out of the kindness of their heart, they give to other people. So generous. You're such good, good, good people. And I want to commend you on a job well done this last year. And I'm looking forward to even a better year ahead. How many people are looking forward to the new year that's coming right now? So with that said, we're going to distribute the elements. Does everyone have their communion? Did everyone get that when they went in the door? Let's pick that up and we'll lead everyone through communion. Thank you. This is such a special time. And so many times we just kind of rush through and do. Th I want you to really think about what you're doing here. You're recommitting. You're saying, God, you're first. I'm going to build my life around you. I'm going to remember the gift you are in my life. That's how we're doing it this year. So everyone, please just take your bread. He said, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took forth a cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye. As often as you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for the birth of Jesus Christ. Through this holiday season, I pray that you remain foremost in our heart, the front of our life, the center of our mind, the core of our existence, and I pray for every person that's in this building right now, Lord, that we have become one with you, united with the Holy Spirit. God, I pray for you to speak and give wisdom to the families here. Lord, I pray to speak to the leadership. I pray to speak to the pastoral staff. I pray that you would guide this church, guide this people, guide these children, guide this vision. Lord, I thank you in advance for all of the wonderful things that you're going to accomplish this year as we're grateful and thank you for everything that you've done in this past year. So going forward now, as the bishop of this house, I place the blessing of the house upon each and every person and their family. I bless you. I bless you. God blesses you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on one more time. Let's celebrate Jesus here. Now, as we push Jesus to the forefront, we like to do something very special. It's just something that unifies us as a church. We're going to do a candlelight. And what we'll do is we'll have the usher light your candle, and you'll just turn, and you'll light your neighbor's candle, and you'll just pass it down. Try to hold those candles straight up so the wax doesn't drip all over. Keep it away from everybody's hair.
when you get your candle, let's just kind of rock a little bit like this. Just kind of look around. It's so beautiful to see this. One light turns into many. The more lights there are, the brighter the light shines. The brighter it shines, the more men can view it. We are the lights of this world. As we go from this place today, we want to remember even the visual that we're seeing right now. That as we continue to bring people into the kingdom, that Jesus can be seen more clearly, brighter than ever. I'm going to challenge you. Shine your light so bright this year. Come on, everyone, let's just sing together. Look around if you can, it's beautiful. Brown young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and one more time hold it up light look around and just turn around and look I want you to see everyone with their lights hold this in your heart this Christmas and let's remember that Jesus is the reason for the season <laughs> okay everyone I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas Please go home, enjoy your families, have the best Christmas ever. There will be no Wednesday night service, so we're going to let you enjoy your families this week that are in town. But we will see you next Sunday. If you will, please make sure that when you blow your candle out, don't lay it down. Make sure you hand it to an usher, because if you lay it down, it may burn one of the pews or something. <laughs> so. On three, we're going to blow them out. Ready? One, 
two, three. God bless you, everyone. Have a Merry Christmas.